You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Out of sight and Hi, I'm Joe Iconis. And I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper. And on today's episode of the Album Podcast, we're going to be talking about Out of Sight, Out of Mind, the Buddy Song, as performed by Krista Rodriguez. This song is a rare cut, a lesser-known gem in the Iconist catalog, if you will. But as performed by Krista Rodriguez and posted on YouTube, um, the video of that song has gotten, Joe, a lot of questions over the years. On this episode, we dive deep into those questions. Yeah, and it's definitely one of my more mysterious songs. Uh, but the discussion that we have on this episode, I think, is 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 very insightful and illuminates kind of both the origin of the song and some of the underlying thematic stuff in it. So check it out, buddy. So this next song actually maybe did have some kind of title evolution as well, or? it Yes, it did, it absolutely did. So this Out of Sight, Out of Mind, I think that it, it was initially called the buddy song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turned into Out of Sight, Out of Mind, then in parentheses, the buddy song. And then the parenthetical just left at a certain point. Like you decided you didn't want to use it anymore? Or yeah, it felt it felt unnecessary and out of sight, out of mind just felt like the it felt like the title of, of the song. I like titles with um, slashes in them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it just felt like a really nice slash title. This song, ironically, because you're saying Slash, brings me back so viscerally to 54 Below before it was Feinstein Slash 54 Below. Um, <laughs> and like Krista Rodriguez performing it in mm-hmm. a Joy Constant family concert. And I think this might have been the one, I just know that the night that she sang it, we like shared the bill with, it was either Barbara Cook or maybe it was Rita Wilson. It was like mm-hmm. Cheetah Rivera. It was one of the nights of 54 Below where it was like some legend was there. And I just remember Krista rehearsing this song and like, you know, a bunch of folks kind of milling about listening to her. Yeah. I think, what, uh, was this performed the first ever concert? I think it was the second one, but okay. we'll have to do some recon on yeah. this. Yeah, in my, in my brand it was the first, but it, it definitely definitely could have been the second. But yeah, certainly early on. And this is another one that just doesn't get performed all that much. It's kind of a strange, strange tune. Yeah. I'm sorry, I also say I have like a memory of Krista rehearsing it, sitting around like a giant conference table on a floor that we yeah. only were at for a couple months. Like yeah. it, it yeah, occupies yeah. a weird place in 54 Below history for me. But Krista, I mean, Krista's premiered so many of your songs and like mm-hmm. she's one of the people you probably had the longest collaborative relationship with yeah. on the album. Yeah. Um, so take us back. 
<laughs> take us back. To take the, us back to meeting Krista. It was like 2000. I met Krista in 2006. Yeah, six, for sure. Yeah. It was during auditions for a developmental workshop of the Black Suits uh, at a New York nonprofit theater. And Chris, Chris is one of the few people, actually that, that's not true. Well, I mean, what I was gonna say was she's one of the few people uh, who are in my sphere who I 100% met and was exposed to through an audition. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess there, there have been more over the years. But Krista wasn't someone who I was familiar with. I, even though I had seen her in shows like Good Vibrations and um, and Spring, I guess Spring Awakening hadn't even happened yet, but maybe mm -hmm. in, 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 the, in the Heights off-Broadway, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I, I, um, I, I was aware of her existence, but never really saw her do her thing. And uh, she, sang, uh, she sang Hallelujah for her audition and it was like true, and I was playing piano for mm. it uh, because I do it all. I write the shows, I am my own audition accompanist, everything. I sweep the floors after we're through. Uh, but she she sang Hallelujah and it was just an immediate like, who is she? Like it was one of those magical moments. And I just liked Ironically, her. that sounded like a moment from Smash, like someone leaves the audition room and you're like, who is she? <laughs> yeah. I like it. That's what it was, yeah. Smash was like being written. It was being written <laughs> on the wind even back then. And yeah, and I just loved her so much. And so she was cast in that that reading. And I remember that was also the first day that I ever met and was turned on to Emily Walton. Mm -hmm. She also auditioned that day. And I, it was like another, who is she? And uh, Sarah Steele, that's her name, right? Mm -hmm. Sarah Steele. But, uh, but Krista was cast. And so, <laughs> and so, I got to work with her and then, you know, she was in the initial Iconison family shows yeah. and, and was always a part of the group. And uh, she was heavily associated with blue hair for many years. And then um, her performance of Broadway, Here I Come, is the whole reason that, that that song, you know, ended up on Smash and became a thing. And, and her interpretation of it really sort of changed what that song was. Because mm -hmm. um, I had sung it previously at a concert at the Duplex and the lyrics were different. The, the song was just a different song, but Krista was kind of the person who turned it into something else. Um, and uh, so, yeah, which is just to say that I think that she is just the greatest. I think she's an amazing actor, I think she's an amazing singer, an amazing presence. She feels so contemporary, but also feels like such a throwback performer. You know, it's yeah. like Chris Rodriguez, you could just take her as is and transport her to 1973 and no one would be like, who's this, this girl from the future? It would just sort of like be fine. And I kind of feel like you could do the same. You could take her and you could put her in 1945 you know, and it would be the same thing. Mm -hmm. like no, one, no one would be like freaked out um, by future girl. Timeless. Uh, she's Chris timeless. Rodriguez. She's timeless. Yeah, yeah. And so um, this song, I wrote it and I think, I think it was like, maybe close to the end when I figured out, oh, this is this should be a Krista song. That's who should sing this, this tune. I was just kind of writing it. It's about, it's about like a few different things. You know, this is a song that like, because it's so obscure, I feel like it's, people really do discover it. It feels like this, um, this sort of like, you know, hidden gem or whatever, hidden rock or something in my, in my body of work. And people discover it and they're always, they're always kind of like, what is that? What's up with that song? You know, it's like people like it, but, um, but they're always kind of like a little bit, they're like confused, intrigued, and everyone always wants to know what it's about. And 
Um, and the truth is that it's about a few different things, but I think I got excited about Krista singing it because I knew that she would be able to sort of navigate the strange kind of, um, the strange kind of emotional journey of the song. It has a really weird arc to it. And I knew that she would just kind of make sense of it in a way that the audience would be able to sort of follow it on a gut level and not question like, wait, what is this? What happened here? What happened here? Because um, the song is both like literal and poetic in a very sort of strange way. And so I knew that Krista would be able to kind of like do it, do it straight and people would get it and understand it. Um, and then also I felt like if you, as soon as you, as soon as, you know, the, as soon as you have a, a woman singing a song about, and, and singing a song and sort of using the pronouns he in the song, people immediately, no matter how, you know, how much we have evolved as a society, or, you know, no matter how woke anyone is feeling at that particular moment, people automatically go to, oh, she's talking about a, you know, her former lover, she's talking mm -hmm. about her boyfriend, whatever, an ex-boyfriend, people always do it. And so I liked the idea of doing that because that's, that's really not what the song is about. I think it could apply to that, but it's not what it's about. Uh, and so I loved the idea of like, of, of having that and then having people maybe question it or maybe not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Was there a specific aesthetic inspiration as far as the song? Like, were you thinking of any like 1940s types of songs or like, where did it get placed for you in terms of, cause I feel like sometimes people ask about this song and they're like, this must be a one-off that you wrote to be like for a play that was set <laughs> in another time. Like, I feel like it has that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and it just, it just, um, it doesn't, you know, I think I, there was no like specific song that I was trying to point towards. I, it was a sort of more of a general reference. When I listen to it, I am just like, oh, it's just a Ken Nepp song. Like it's, mm -hmm. that's what I, that's what I, I, I was not trying to do that. What I ended up with is like a Ken Nepp song that feels like it could have been, you know, cut from New York, New York or, yeah. or you know, at any number of their, their shows. Um, it it feels I feel like the the time period for the first three quarters of the song is just kind of like it's like yesterday you know it's just like it's the time period is like back then right. it feels a little it feels a little twenties it feels a little forties it feels a little like forties as filtered through the seventies you know it's just sort of like it's Kendra Nub style yeah I get Kendra that Ed, you know and 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 I think that and the Charlie Rosen orchestration I think really pushed it that way too you know there's like a little banjo in there, which I think, which really takes me to a John Kander place. And then there's, he put this, um, this woodwind line that when the first time it happens, it's like a counter melody, because do, 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 um, which sounds exactly like if you could see her from Cabaret. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think it sort of turned into a little bit of an unintentional Kander and Ebb homage. Um, but I, the reason I sort of wanted to like, to do it, to, to write in that, the sort of like pastiche timeless, or pastiche like very time period, um, focus style was because I, I wanted to sort of talk about um, a modern relationship, and I think it's it's more of a it's a it's a, a relationship to a friend or it's a relationship to a collaborator or something, and um, and I wanted it to be really sort of conversational. And it's like you know the singer of the song is kind of like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Well, I do have this like one problem, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, and. It, but remember when you said that thing, that, that really pissed me off, but it's totally fine. And this sort of like someone doubling back on themselves, which is not the sort of thing that you would ever really hear in a song that sounds like this. Like right. it's not the sort of thing that they were going to write for, you know, the new faces of, of 35 or something. And so, um, and so I loved the idea of having this kind of like more modern lyric mm -hmm. that's, 
that is inhabiting this this old timey musical feel. Yeah. Um, and then you know, three fourths of the way through the song, it switches and then turns into a totally different song. And the vibe of that uh, song is um, is it feels it feels contemporary, but I think it feels contemporary in like a 1970s way. Yeah. You know, it's like and which I which again I wasn't even intentionally doing. I just knew I wanted to like drop all of the the pastiche shit and just have it be something that feels like it never would have been written in that time yeah. um, because it feels like the singer of the song is for the first time not trying to dress up the pain that they're feeling because they feel like they're not supposed to feel it. Uh, they're, they're just like giving it to this other person straight mm -hmm. and just being honest. And what that honesty sounds like is, is just sadness and mm -hmm. loneliness. And so I knew I wanted it to feel totally different. Um, before it goes back to the pastiche thing at the very end. Um, but as we were recording it, Ian Keggy kept referring to it as the Elton John section. And so now <laughs> it's like, now when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this sounds like a, this sounds like an Elton John, you know, song from yeah. like 1974 or something. I never thought of that. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's just a sort of like, like piano ballad, like contemporary, you know, or I guess if it's in the seventies, it's, it's retro, but um, piano ballad where the person is just sort of like dropping their, their pretenses. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And talk us through, so as you said, like it is one of the more rarely performed songs. Mm -hmm. um, when has it been performed other than, like, talk us through the song history? Um, well, so Krista premiered it. And then, you know, I think that we've literally never done it again at an Iconocent Family show. I was kind of testing you because I was like, am I forgetting one? No, I think it's like sort of like ammonia a little bit. Yeah. Um, where, where it happened and then it happened a couple times, mm -hmm. but like. Yeah, but even, even ammonia has had more performances as far as rare songs go. Right, right. And you know what also is funny? I've, it's a song that many times when I've done a solo show, because I really do love this song. I've almost done it, and I just never quite get there because I do think it is, it's such a weirdo song, and it's so long, and um, and it's, yeah, there's just something about it that's strange, but I, I, I feel like, I, you know, yet again, it's another one where I think the orchestration helps it so much. Mm -hmm. I think that the orchestration and Chris's performance combined turn it into something that I think is a little bit greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe, who knows, maybe we'll do it more now. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm slash album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm slash album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. Till next time, goodbye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.